The Pittsburgh Pirates are headed to the Motor City for a two-game set against the Detroit Tigers. What are the advantages the Pirates have in this series? What are the disadvantages, and how can they take both games or at least one? We'll get into all of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. More on them later. Pittsburgh is headed to the Motor City, folks. Uh, the Pittsburgh season rolls on. We are already in the middle of May, which seems like a crazy thing to think about about where this Pittsburgh Pirates team is. They're 22-19 and 19 heading into this series against the 18-21 and 21 Detroit Tigers. And it's a series that, for all intents and purposes, is a series where two teams started the season very differently and have now entered the month of May playing very differently. You're looking at a Pittsburgh Pirates team. As mentioned, you'll see in the description, I've talked about it obviously a lot through the month of April. This Pirates team had the best start that they had in almost a decade, if not a decade, in the month of April and have virtually fallen off a cliff in the month of May. Then you look at the Detroit Tigers. They had a slow start to the year, but they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They're 18-21, and 21, just below 500 in a AL Central division that's okay for the most part. So Detroit kind of sticking around a little bit, and there's a lot to like about what the Pirates can do in this series. There's a lot to dislike. We're going to get about uh, into all of that in the second segment of today's show. And the third segment, of course, will be about Luis Ortiz and his third or second start of the year and how it could impact the starting rotation based off of how he plays. But we look at how this series is going to go for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's that weird two-game series that they always have against the Detroit Tigers. They do this almost all the time when they play Detroit. And it starts a week where the Pittsburgh Pirates three weeks ago would have looked at these six game, or five games that they're going to play over the course of the week, and they would have said, oh, I mean, you're winning four out of five of these, at least. Now, you're more of, okay, we need to see the Pirates play good baseball, which we finally got to see again, it felt like, on Sunday against the Baltimore Orioles. We finally got to see this team play good baseball again, but they haven't done something in over a week that I need the Pirates to do, and that's prove that they can win a game when Mitch Keller is not pitching, which thankfully Mitch Keller has been here to be the stopper, to be the ace in this rotation, to stop these multiple losing streaks that the Pittsburgh Pirates have been on. But going into this series against the Detroit Tigers, let's just take a quick glance at what they did over the weekend. Um, the Mariners, of course, took two out of three against them on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, none of those games, by the way, were a one-run game. And the Detroit Tigers are a very good team in one-run games. Um, they are also 9-9 nine and nine in home games, so they're 500 in home games. But they are 8-4 and four in games decided by one run. That's very interesting to me because the Pittsburgh Pirates offense just scored the most runs it scored all month against the Baltimore Orioles, which was four 
which is not good. So if you're only scoring one to four runs a game, if you're scoring at all, that more than likely means that the game is going to be within a run or two of itself, unless you have Mitch Keller on the mound pitching like he did on Sunday. So what I find interesting here for the Pirates is that they do have a plus record on the road still. They're still 12 and 10 in road games. And right now, they have a second-ranked team in the National League right now. And the Pirates, of course, will be pitching Luis Ortiz tonight. We'll get more into that later. Uh, it appears that the Detroit Tigers are pitching Michael Lorenzen, a player that the Pirates actually, uh, a lot of the players in their lineup actually have experience against a guy like Michael Lorenzen. Um, you look at the likes of Key Brian Hayes. He has a 250 average against Michael Lorenzen in four at-bats. Austin Hedges actually has an RBI in six at-bats, batting 500 against Lorenzen. Andrew McCutcheon has seen Michael Lorenzen over the course of his career 14 times with a 143 average and one home run. Brian Reynolds has two RBIs against him in his career, and Carlos Santana has two home runs and three RBIs against Lorenzen in his career. And then you look at the game on Wednesday where we get Eduardo Rodriguez versus Rich Hill more than likely. Um, of course, the Detroit lineup has seen a lot more of Rich Hill than the Pirates lineup has seen of Eduardo Rodriguez. But Miguel Andujar, Andrew McCutcheon, Chris Owings, and Carlos Santana all have experience against them. And McCutcheon, Owings, and Santana are all batting over 333 against Rodriguez. So it's a series, again, that I think you go into as a Pirates fan, and you can look at those two pitching matchups and say, okay, I think the Pirates have the advantage pitching again. But then Eduardo Rodriguez is having a phenomenal start to the year. He's 4-2 with a 157 ERA. He's one of the better pitchers in all of the American League right now. So taking both of these games is going to be difficult. It's something that Pirates fans, including myself, have not really been able to think about too much uh, as of late with how the Pittsburgh Pirates have played. But the biggest thing that I think you have to do if you're Pittsburgh is do what you did on Sunday against Baltimore. You guys have heard me constantly say, have that early and often approach where you're early, like you're scoring runs in the first three innings, but you're also making the pitcher or the other team uncomfortable. You're forcing him to throw strikes to you in the zone. You're getting into hitters' counts, and you're taking advantage of the runs that are on the board for you. That's what we finally saw from this team against Baltimore on Sunday, albeit it was just four runs. They were taking care of runners in scoring position. They were doing things that we hadn't seen them do in quite some time. I mean, they did have seven hits in the game, too, was another thing that you saw. But the biggest thing was they got that first run in the first inning, and then they had a three-run third inning against Baltimore. They didn't score the rest of the way, but that's just because Mitch Keller was doing phenomenal work. Now, obviously, Mitch Keller won't be pitching in this series, and he can't pitch every single day. So now that you've gotten it out of the way, where you can finally score a run in those first three innings and then have your first three-run inning in quite some time on Sunday, take what you did on Sunday offensively and bring it into this series, especially tonight against Michael Lorenzen. They do very well against right-handed pitching for the most part. I'm expecting a big-time jump from the offense. I believe the under on tonight's game is like nine runs. I could see that hitting, but I do see the Pirates putting Lorenzen in tough spots. I see them getting runners in scoring position. I see the base path aggressiveness coming back in a good way. I don't want to see them do what they were doing over the course of the losing streak where it just felt like they were stealing bases to steal bases and getting thrown out constantly. I want to see them steal bases to get runners in scoring position and then take care of those runners in scoring position. And you also look at what Detroit does very well 
and who's been playing well over these past 10 games. I like to look at everything under the course of a 10-game span because that means you've probably played at least two or three series, and it's a measuring stick to kind of how a player is playing lately. And Jake Rogers right now has played very, very well. Uh, He's third on the Tigers right now with nine extra base hits, uh, four doubles and five home runs. Uh, I believe that's over the past 10 games. I I don't think it is. Um, No, that's his uh, stats on the year. But Javier Baez, who's kind of become a kind of just laughing stock to outside fans outside of Detroit, has really, really picked it up over the past 10 games. He's 12 for 41 with a double, two home runs, and six RBIs over the past 10 games, something that we were not seeing from Javi at all at the beginning of the year. Of course, that uh, one play went viral that he had against the Toronto Blue Jays where he ran with – on a, a, what he believed to be a sack fly, even though there was one out in the inning, um, which caused a double play. But he's brought his average up to a 254. He has a 674 OPS. He's still a very dangerous baseball player, and Pirates fans know all too well that Javier Baez does have the potential to be a very good baseball player when he is locked in, when he is on, back in his time with Chicago. So I think Javier Baez stopping him is going to be a big thing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But then you also take a look at everything else. You have Riley Green, who's also having a pretty solid year so far. He's the team leader in batting average. Right now, Baez is the team leader in RBI. But Riley Green, man, you really have to watch what you're getting from this guy because, I mean, he's batting 279. His OPS is above a 700. He's on base at a 331 clip. I really think shutting him down along with Baez and the likes of Eric Haas and Nick Maton, Matt Veerling. That's going to be pretty much the lineup that you're going to see. Spencer Torkelson, um, Zach McKinstry, Jake Rogers. Those are the guys that you want to shut down if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. And that is an advantage that I think they could take with their starting pitching. But we're going to get more into advantages and disadvantages for the Pittsburgh Pirates in this series in the next segment. But today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Make sure you download the Game Time app today and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be so stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, here we are in the second segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates on tomorrow's show. It'll probably be after the game, because I believe tomorrow is a day game uh, on Wednesday, May 17th. It is, so it's at 110. So we'll do a nice little show after the fact. It'll probably be a live episode. We'll see how that goes, but it'll be recapping these two games. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking with Craig about prospect stuff, talking about ND and Henry Davis, talking about some other prospect things on Craig Toth Prospects Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to be previewing the Arizona Diamondbacks series for over the weekend. Advantages, 
for the Pittsburgh Pirates in this series. What do they have the advantage of over this team in the Detroit Tigers? Well, if you're watching the broadcast on Sunday and listening to Joe Block and Neil Walker, you probably would have heard them mention that despite the recency bias, well, not recency bias, but the recent performance that we've seen from the Pittsburgh Pirates with runners in scoring position, they still hold the best average with runners in scoring position in Major League Baseball, which is something that you would look at and be like, okay, like, why is that? Like, why, how, with how they've played? But they are still there because of the hot start that they had with runners in scoring position over the time. And right now, I mean, Detroit, you look at the top five of all metrics. Of course, the Pirates are fifth or first in stolen bases, still at 50. But Detroit does not rank top five in any statistical category right now as a team. The Pirates, meanwhile, rank pretty highly in a couple places. They rank uh, first in stolen bases. They rank third in saves with 13. They rank tied for first with quality starts in all of Major League Baseball. But... Where I think the big difference comes in here is that Detroit and Pittsburgh are separated by about 10 points in batting average, even though they're both in the bottom half of that metric. What I find very interesting about this, and this is all from me just looking at team stats, it's very fun to me to always look at team stats, is that Detroit and Pittsburgh strike out quite a bit. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, has 348 strikeouts as a team. Detroit has 355. But that still means that the Tigers strike out more than the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I think what Luis Ortiz and Rich Hill need to do here is use the strikeout ball. We know Luis Ortiz can strike guys out. We've seen him do it at AAA. We saw him do it a little bit last year in his cameo starts that he had with Pittsburgh. We didn't really get to see it in his first start. I believe he only had one strikeout. But again, I still think the Pirates have the advantage pitching-wise tonight Against Michael Lorenzen, I think Luis Ortiz is going to come out now that he has a start under his belt. He's had a few days to kind of think about that. I think he's going to come out against this Detroit Tigers lineup that's not very good, may I add to you. Again, they rank uh, 24th in the league in batting average right now, and the on-base percentage is also not much better. Their on-base percentage is last in all of Major League Baseball at a 294. So I need Luis Ortiz to take advantage of that. I think that's something that he can take advantage of, and... Just pound the zone, kid. That's all I want you to do. Just pound the zone. Find your spot with the fastball. That way, when you get into favorable pitchers counts, Luis Ortiz can take advantage of the fact that his breaking pitches are still a work in progress, but he can use them and have less of a onus to have to change things up. Or if he really wants to, just throw the fastball on the 0-2 counts. They can't catch up to it. It's very quick. It moves a lot. The velocity on it is crazy. Go to his baseball savant page, and you can see it's nuts. As mentioned, uh, when he was making his first start last week, um, he had four of the top five velocities in all of Major League Baseball coming off of a fastball. So that's what I really want to see the Pirates do here with the Tigers ranking dead last in batting average is take advantage of that. You're facing an offense that is worse than yours, something that you actually haven't been able to say very recently. I mean, Colorado ranks just below Pittsburgh in terms of on-base percentage, but you faced an Orioles team that gets on base quite a lot at 329. 
So take advantage of that. But then you look at the disadvantages. What are the disadvantages here for the Pittsburgh Pirates heading into this series uh, or this two-game set against Detroit? Well, I think first is the team's just not playing well as of late. I mean, they got the win against Baltimore. They got a win in the Colorado series. They at least won games last week, but they're still on a terrible clip right now in the month of May, and they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They're still struggling very mightily, and that's not really due to pitching. We've seen the pitching do really well. As you heard me just mention, they're like top-ranked in quality starts in all of baseball, and they're tied for third in saves because of David Bednar. Even Colin Holderman and Robert Stevenson and Dowry Moretta have done good things out of the bullpen. I talked about it on um, Friday's show that I wanted to see the Pirates get back to that formula that we've seen them be good with, where the starting pitcher goes six or seven innings, then you bring in Colin Holderman, then you bring in David Bednar, you throw Robert Stevenson in there every once in a while because it makes them comfortable. Can we see that from Luis Ortiz and Rich Hill, though? That is where things end up getting really dicey, is do the Pirates find a way to get back into that formula without Mitch Keller? That is the biggest thing here, is there's no Mitch Keller in this series. There's no Mitch Keller saving the Pirates from beating the Detroit Tigers here. There's no Mitch Keller to stop if they lose the first game tonight and then need somebody to win tomorrow like a Rich Hill. Another thing that I find very interesting here and that I wanted to bring up was that as far as things go for the Pittsburgh Pirates and their biggest fix, and it's something that Gary and I talked about yesterday, if the defense stands up in this series against the team, again, that has the lowest on-base percentage in all of baseball. If the defense stands up and limits the errors for these two games, and the pitching is anything like it's been all year, the Pirates win both of these games. They do. There's just no doubt in my mind that if the defense stands up, the Pirates put runs on the board early and often, and the pitching stays about the same as it has been, There's no reason they can't beat this Tigers team twice. Now, obviously, we'll see it tonight with Luis Ortiz and what he can do. But as far as the advantage, again, to recap, the advantages of this series for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they get on base a lot better than the Detroit Tigers do. The pitching has been there. I think the bullpen is much better than what Detroit is working with. Um, Again, as far as team ERA goes right now, the Pittsburgh Pirates are 7th in the league at 376. Meanwhile, Detroit is 18th at 441. So that would just imply to you that the Pirates need to get to the bullpen with a lead, and it's something that you want to see them do. I think Luis Ortiz can do that tonight. I think Rich Hill will definitely give you at least five innings tomorrow. But the Pirates need to take advantage of what their advantages are. They get on base better than this team. They pitch better than this team. Patch up the fielding, put up some runs and score your runners in scoring position. This is your two games to lose if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. Easy. Easily. This is what you want if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is a two-game set for the Pittsburgh Pirates where everything statistically for them is there on the table to tell you that you have the chance to win 
these two games in a sweep, as I would say, I don't really like to call two games a sweep if they win both, but if they do win both, it technically is. That would put you at 24 and 18 if you win both of these games. It's a pretty good benchmark to have if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates is to say, just win these two games. And then guess what? You get another off day on Thursday, and then you get the Diamondbacks, a very good team that's uh, starting the season well with the likes of Corbin Carroll, Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, etc. But you could go into that series coming off the heels of a three-game winning streak if you win these two games. And Mitch pitches in that series, so you're not getting swept. As a joke, I mean, it might happen, but the way he's pitched lately, I mean, you might as well book that as a win. But we'll see. I just think those the disadvantage right now is just the fact that the Pirates have shot themselves in the foot a lot and need to find a way not to do it. And if they could find a way to just patch up the defense, everything else statistically is falling into place for you to win these two games. That's how I look at it. Now, of course, um, we have a new sponsor tomorrow that I think you guys are going to absolutely love. You might get a little sneak peek right here. Freeze frame that if you want to figure that out, but you'll get to see it tomorrow. It's one of my favorite sponsors that we've ever had. I really enjoy it. think you guys are going to enjoy that tomorrow, uh, as well as the fact that you guys will see my game recap story and my uh, Locked On Now after tonight's game. Uh, uh, you'll see the game recap story on Inside the Bucks Basement. I didn't get one last week because they were off on Thursday, and I was under the weather on Tuesday. Of course, that Tuesday game was the game that the Rockies blew them out anyway, so I don't think you guys really wanted to read about that. But I am very excited to be writing about Luis Ortiz tonight. We get to see his second start of the season tonight for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Luis Ortiz, in that first start, didn't exactly pitch terribly. I think that's the word that I want to use. He didn't pitch terribly. There was nothing there that said, oh, Luis Ortiz is going to be a mainstay in this rotation now all of a sudden. I mean, he had five innings pitched. He lost the game. He only had one strikeout. Um, Seven hits allowed, two earned runs, one walk, one strikeout. What are the things that I want to see from him tonight against Detroit? Well, bring that strikeout number up. We need that strikeout number to come back up because Luis Ortiz is a guy that you look at last year just in a microcosm. He had 16 innings pitched last year. Excuse me. He only allowed eight hits over those 16 innings last year. He allowed seven in his first five this year. Now, of course, the start did kind of come out of nowhere. I think it's something that the Pirates really did want to keep him down for. But 17 strikeouts last year in those innings where he only allowed a 136 batting average, that's more of the Luis Ortiz that I think you're going to see rather than what you saw from Luis Ortiz in this first start. And as mentioned, this is a Detroit Tigers lineup that is not very good. So I think that this is a good spot for Luis Ortiz to also off the heels of a victory from Pittsburgh on Sunday to get a win streak going, get a couple of wins going again, and also make a question about the rotation. Because if Luis Ortiz comes out tonight, and let's say he pitches five or six innings of work, maybe even gets a quality start, brings the strikeout number up, keeps the walks down, doesn't allow too many runs. Johan Oviedo has not looked that great recently. And 
I've said it that if JT Brubaker never went on the injured list with Tommy John, we probably don't even see the good Johan Oviedo that we saw in April. And we don't see the comebacking down of earth that we've seen from Johan Oviedo in May. So the bullpen, I think, desperately needs something right now that they don't have, and that's a long relief option. If Luis Ortiz comes out tonight and pitches really well, with Vince Velasquez, by the way, coming uh, to a rehab assignment in Indianapolis, I believe, on Friday, so we'll probably see him back next week, the Pirates have a decision to make there. Now, if Luis Ortiz doesn't pitch well, they just send him back down to AAA, and this is all just means nothing of what I'm saying. But just let's just think for a second. If Luis Ortiz comes out tonight and pitches really well, again, against the subpar Tigers uh, lineup that has not been the greatest in the world, you have to at least think about it if you're Pittsburgh, right? I mean, you have to at least say, okay, Luis Ortiz is pitching well. We already brought him up. Do we want to send him back down? It, it, it's at least a conversation to have, especially if Johan Oviedo in his next start struggles. Then I think that conversation really, really blows up in terms of what the Pirates can do as far as that goes um, with the starting rotation. Sorry, I had somebody call me in the middle of this. Um But Luis Ortiz, again, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the things that I want to see from him tonight. I want to see him attack the zone. I want to see him get the strikeout number up from one. I did not like the fact that he only got one strikeout in that first start. He only had the one walk. I'd like to see that as well. You guys know I love strikeout to walk ratio and strikeout percentage to walk percentage. I love it in terms of batters and uh, hitters and uh, pitchers. So it really is something that boils down to this for Luis Ortiz is I hope the Pirates offense backs him up because I like Luis Ortiz when he's comfortable. And you could tell when he's comfortable. When he starts getting comfortable and pounding that high heat in the zone, good luck. Uh, My predictions for this series is I think the Pirates split with Detroit here. I think Luis Ortiz has a very good start tonight. I think he's going to get the victory for Pittsburgh. I think they pound on... um, I think they pound on the Tigers early. I think they'll get that done. I think it's something that we should expect uh, because, again, it kind of felt like on um, Sunday that they kind of got back to their form a little bit offensively with the seven hits and four runs, but I want to see them elevate it again. And I think Michael Lorenzen is a guy that, again, some people in the Pirates lineup have seen before that they can beat up on. Eduardo Rodriguez, again, has been pitching very, very well. The Pirates are a lefty-heavy lineup at times, so, I mean, we'll see a lineup that's formulated around facing the lefty Eduardo Rodriguez, so we'll see what they can do there. At the end of the day, I think I'll just go with a split. I think they win tonight and lose tomorrow, but I would not be surprised in the slightest based off of the statistical backing that I gave you all if they won both of these games, but also with how they've played recently, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost either of these games, but I think it's more likely that they split, and in the order of likelihood, I think it's more likely that they split, sweep, or get swept. I think that's the likelihood scale of what we're going to expect from these two games, and who knows? Maybe tomorrow after tomorrow's game or uh, after tomorrow's finale in this series, I'll be in a much 
happy mood after they win both of these games. But my name is Ethan Smith, guys. Thank you so much for following the Locked On Pirates podcast here on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. We're about six subscribers away on YouTube from a thousand subscribers. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn your notifications on so you know when these episodes are coming to your airwaves. But again, my name is Ethan Smith. Your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday, and I will see you guys on the flip side. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, And after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but... If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.